Hi, everyone, and welcome to the Product Marketing Life podcast, brought to you by the Product Marketing Alliance. I'm your host, Mark Cazzini, Product Marketing Manager at Jobber. Every two weeks, I connect with PMMs all over the world about a product marketing topic of their choice. On this week's episode, I'm joined by Derek Osgood, founder and CEO at Ignition. This is actually the second time Derek has joined me on the show. He was one of my earliest guests, and he came on to talk about the amazing work he and the team at Ignition were doing to prepare for the launch of their closed beta. A former product marketer turned founder, Derek has a unique perspective on what it takes to successfully go to market. At Ignition, Derek is working with his team to develop the first go-to-market platform developed by product marketers for product marketers. From customer research to launch communications and measurement, Ignition has everything you need to get your product to market. During our chat, Derek and I explore some of the reasons behind why go-to-market is such a widely discussed, but often misconstrued aspect of product marketing. He shares how Ignition is being built to address some of the biggest go-to-market related pain points product marketers feel every day while also sharing some practical tips on how product marketers can proactively address those problems. Before I get into the episode, I've got some exciting news to share from the Product Marketing Alliance. Are you wondering how to align the product marketing function at your organization? Do your internal teams have little or no understanding of what product marketing is and the benefits you bring to the fore? Are you sick of being misunderstood? Product Marketing Alliance's brand new book, Misunderstood, features firsthand knowledge, techniques, and case studies to help you demystify product marketing elevate the function, and gain the recognition you and fellow PMMs deserve. Learn how to effectively communicate the value you bring to key processes such as positioning, personas, segmentation, OKRs, and gain supplementary intel from the likes of Privy, G2, Hotjar, Intercom, Zendesk, Adobe, and Drift. Misunderstood is packed with takeaways that'll propel the value of your role and the overall importance of the PMM function and isn't to be missed. Get your copy at pmmalliance.co slash misunderstood. That's pmmalliance.co slash misunderstood. Hey, Derek, welcome back. How's it going? Hey, Mark. Good, good. Excited to chat again. <laughs> Likewise, it's been almost, uh, or just over a year. I don't know the exact dates, but it's been a while since we last chatted outside of our regular conversations that we've been maintaining for the last little while. Yeah, we celebrated our uh, Ignition birthday a couple of months ago, so it's uh, it, we're we're right around a year. It's uh, I'm I'm looking forward to syncing back up and hearing what's new with you, and uh, you know, talking a little bit more about what's new with us. Likewise, awesome. Well, let's get into it then. Um, uh, you know, obviously because you're my first return guest, this this episode is going to sound a little bit different. Uh, so for anybody who wants uh, a really good overview and rundown from Derek of what his career up until this point has been. I recommend checking it out. It's episode 35. Uh, so you can access that anywhere you listen to uh, this episode. Um, so instead of asking you kind of what brought you to where you are today, I'll just ask you what you and the team of Ignition have been up to for the past year since we last spoke. Yeah, it's, uh, I mean, a year feels like 10 years in startup years. Um, so it's, it's, uh, it, it is miles and miles different from where we were a year ago. Um, you know, I think a uh, bunch of stuff. So we, you know, we launched our closed beta on Product Hunt back in January. Um, you know, since then we've kind of been focused on on iterating on the, you know, on the beta. Um, now we're kind of focused on, you know, acquiring new users, and uh, you know, we've now got you know pretty chunky list of customers using us, and it ranges from like film studios to startups to big enterprise customers like Square and Smart Rent. So, you know, we've, we've now, you know, it's, it feels like a real thing. You know, I think last time we chatted, we were, uh, we hadn't even shipped our alpha yet. So it's, it's becoming a, an actual company at this point, which is exciting. Um, I think we've also on the product front, like we've transitioned from, 
I think it, you know, the early alpha version of the product was kind of a glorified documentation tool. And now, you know, I think I can confidently say that we have built what really looks like a true kind of end-to-end -end product marketing platform. You know, we've built a bunch of tools that help, you know, actually do the work involved in go-to-market planning. So we now have like embedded competitive Intel, automatically tagged like customer insights. We have, you know, publishing tools like release notes tools. Um, so a whole bunch of stuff and, you know, the product is just like leaps and bounds better from where it was uh, a year ago. And I'm, I'm really excited now seeing, you know, all the, all the pickup that we've had recently. Yeah. I, you know, as someone who's never worked, uh, this close or, or sorry, not worked, but has, has had the chance to work at a, a startup, um, so early on in its, in its days, um, it's been really exciting to kind of watch, not necessarily from afar. Cause again, you and I have been are pretty close for the last few years, but, uh, just observe kind of the growth of, of ignition, um, you know, see it evolve from some of the conversations that we've had, um, the ideas that you and the team put forward and just really see it, as you said, kind of evolve into this product marketing platform. So super excited, uh, to see that progress over the past year. And I can only imagine how much more progress is going to be made over the, not just the coming year, but the coming months. Um, so yeah, that's super exciting to see. And you mentioned uh, one of your customers being a film studio. And I think for most people listening, they probably wouldn't expect a film studio to want to take advantage of a product marketing tool, let alone even have product marketers on board. I'm curious with that in mind, would you say that's the most surprising customer you've had to date? Or is there one that would even surprise, like just blew you away when they approached you or you approached them to, to kind of take an ignition on board? No, I think the, the most surprising one uh, has actually, there was like an artist who was using us for launching personal art projects um, and, you know, really like building a go-to-market process around individual projects that he was working on himself. Um, yeah, I mean, I think we, we see like this huge range of, uh, of companies in part because I think if you think about like go-to-market processes as a whole, um, pretty much everything needs a go-to-market process. Like, you know, films do... CPG products do. So we have, you know, a, a company that's, that's a, one of the biggest um, packaging suppliers in the world. And so they're using us for managing the rollouts of packaging products to their CPG customers. Um, we also have, you know, uh, we have, like I said, film studios and then, you know, big software companies. So I think like the go-to-market process, it, it, there's shades of gray where it's slightly different across industries, but all of these different companies, um, pretty much any company that ships a thing, whether it's a physical thing, a software thing, or even if it's just campaigns or events, um, all of those things require a similar go-to-market motion around them. And so we're seeing, you know, a lot of companies that are using us, whether or not they have a product marketer on board, they need the product marketing skill set. And I think that's that's always been true. And you know, I think it's why product marketing is such a rapidly growing role is it started to be codified in an actual position, but the, the job of product marketing has always been done at every company. And so, you know, now we're starting to see it as, as an actual role. <laughs> hundred percent. And I think, like you said, seeing product marketing becoming this codified thing is super exciting. Uh, obviously a lot of that has just been through sheer kind of awareness and growth of the product marketing role as a function, as well as the work that communities like the PMA have done. Um, the emergence of PMA, or sorry, not PMA, but product marketing specific tools like Ignition, I think is has really helped that along as well. Um, and I think you're right. There are a lot of people, especially aspiring product marketers, who might think, well, I haven't worked on a go-to-market before. I haven't, you know, put a deck together that says the words go to market. But at some point, you or your org has probably done something that either is 
identical to what a product marketer would do uh, as part of a go-to-market or something very similar, just called by a different name. Um, so yeah, it's it's been interesting as you know, a product marketer myself, and I'm sure for yourself, a former product marketer, to see this process become not necessarily standardized, because like you said, it's kind of different shades of gray, depending on the industry and the company, but become this thing that's more widely discussed. Um, and we'll get into um, in a little bit later in one of my follow-up questions, how that discussion has kind of made the concept of go-to-market sometimes clear to understand, but sometimes more confusing, depending on the context in which it's discussed. But uh, yeah, it's been exciting to uh, obviously be part of the product marketing world as it's evolved and, and these more, not necessarily niche areas of product marketing, but these disciplines within product marketing become more codified, as you said. So uh, again, yeah, tools like Ignition make that much easier. Um, and on the topic of tools, I think product marketers were used to having to use multiple tools to manage our projects, right? You know, whether it's a competitive intelligence tool, whether it's a project management tool, whether it's a go-to-market specific tool. But sometimes it feels like a lot of those tools weren't specifically designed for product marketers. They were designed for different roles or different use cases. And then because product marketing has become this more well-known thing, these companies have noticed that very smartly and have catered their marketing and maybe some specific features to product marketers. But still the tool itself feels like it's this thing that's kind of just been kind of hobbled together for a product marketer's needs, but works very well for other roles. So, you know, I think what's so refreshing and exciting about Ignition is that it's being built with product marketers as the ICP by a former product marketer. Um, you know, how was your time as a product marketer informed how you approach building a solution that looks to solve a major pain point for product marketers, which is of course managing go-to-markets? Yeah, you know, I think, um, I mean, first and foremost, obviously, like having experienced personal pain through this whole process and understanding all the ins and outs of it at both, you know, large companies, small companies, medium companies, and across a range of different industries is it's allowed me to, you know, to build a lot of stuff that nobody else would really ever think to build, uh, you know, if you're not building for product marketers, it's like, you know, for example, our our end roadmap tracking, it automatically like surfaces things that look like they may need a launch plan around them based off of kind of velocity of that work happening. So that then, you know, product marketers don't need to go chase PMs for information and, you know, deal with the, the last second, hey, we just built this thing that we didn't tell you about. And, you know, can you go figure out a launch plan in a week? problem. Um, and, and, you know, I think we also, the way that we structured the, the data architecture of the product itself is also very unique to the way that product marketers have to share information across the org. Like we modularize the whole plan so that you don't have to share one big giant document that nobody reads. You can actually share just the bits and pieces of the plan that are relevant to different cross-functional teams. You just wouldn't build that if you aren't familiar with the different stakeholder communication and alignment needs that exist within, you know, the product marketing part of the job uh, around go to market. And so, you know, I, I think the, the big downside to it, obviously, is like, I have too much inside information about product marketing. And so, you know, we've built a ton of stuff and it, you know, kind of pushed us inevitably into, you know, the opposite of the lean startup approach. Like we've built, you know, a ton of product um, because I'm excited about like solving all the pain points that product marketers have since I've felt all of them so acutely. And, you know, I think product marketing as a role is, is a tricky role to build for because, you know, I, I like to define, you know, describe like the problems that product marketers face is sort of like death by a thousand paper cuts. It's like, there's no, there's no like one problem in go to market. That's like so acute that you just desperately need like a tool for, um, but PMMs across the board, they're all drowning. Like everybody's burning out because 
there's just so many little problems that stack up and you have to, to go jump between all these different tools that aren't really built for you in order to solve them. And so everybody's constantly in this mode of like having to hack together process for something they don't have time to actually, you know, build a, a robust process around because they're getting pulled in so many different directions by everybody across the team. So, you know, we've taken the approach of like bundling all these problems together and building a tool that solves for the role holistically, which, you know, means that we've spent more time building than, you know, what kind of your average startup would probably have spent in, in the earliest days. But I think that approach honestly has been so smart because like you said, product marketers, especially when it comes to go to markets are juggling and trying to solve so many different problems. And even just as you were speaking, you mentioned the one about communicating and sharing the process and updates and important elements of a go to market to key stakeholders. You know, today I know myself and I'm sure a lot of other product marketers, we try and do that in Google slides or PowerPoint or whatever presentation software, um, you know, you're familiar with. And while that's great for communicating, uh, communicating, excuse me, certainly some high level information, um, typically what I find happens is the decks themselves can get so long and so dense because go-to-markets are these big, hairy things, and it's hard to fit them into a very nice, concise five, 10 slide deck. Um, and I think the complicating factor to all that is depending on the stakeholder, they all want more or less information, right? Some stakeholders, they, they're happy with that five, 10 slide. They just need to know that the top level, hey, you know, what are we trying to accomplish here? What's our goals? What's the objectives? Who are we trying to do this with? What do the timelines look like? Just, you know, the bare minimum so that they feel confident that everything's under control. But then on the opposite end of the spectrum, you get stakeholders who they want to see the audience breakdowns and they want to see the tactics and when they're going to land and what the impact's going to be. And that's hard to communicate all that in a deck. And that's, again, one of the exciting things about um, Ignition and that bundling approach is as the product marketer, you're able to manage all of that in one centralized place and not have to spend time juggling across multiple tools, as you said, or even just having to translate that into something like Google Slides. You can pick and pull different modules of, of what you want to share and send that to different people so that you're confident in knowing that each of your stakeholders has the information that they need to a level of detail that they want and expect. Um, so, and, and again, we'll, we'll get into this a little bit more later, but I think, you know, again, as someone who's kind of watched from afar. That's one of the the very exciting things about Ignition is, is it really does take that bundling approach um, really effectively. And, and you know, tries while it does try to solve a lot of problems, I think that's, again, representative of the fact that product marketers themselves are trying to solve a lot of problems at any given time. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, I think it's one of the most complicated roles in any organization. And, you know, I think like it's, it's why I love product marketing. It's also why I have a ton of respect for every single product marketer that I've ever met. Um, and you know, I, I think it just means just building a lot of stuff on our end, <laughs> which, which is fun. I, I love it. You know, I, I think I'm really enjoying, you know, every day I like uncover another problem that a product marketer wants me to solve. And, you know, then we go out and solve it, which is fantastic. <laughs> yeah. I, I can imagine the rush of, of, you know, having those conversations and being like, oh yeah, I hadn't thought of that. Or yeah, that's a pain that I felt. It's validating to know that other product marketers are feeling this today or have felt that historically and, and actually having the ability and the resources to solve those problems as product marketers inherently, we are ourselves problem solvers. Um, so I, I, I bet the rush of that must is, is one of the many things that I'm sure is keeping you and the team moving forward. Absolutely. <laughs> Awesome. Well, you, you kind of mentioned it just now in this idea of product marketing as a field at times being so broad and, and often confusing, especially for non-product marketers. I, I want to look at that in the context of go-to-market specifically, because 
I know, at least in my own experience, it's a topic that comes up and is discussed quite often, but is often used either correctly or incorrectly, depending on the person using it or the context. And it's kind of got this air, I don't know, aura or air about it of like, oh yeah, go to market. Like I know what that is, but very few people I think outside of product marketers really do. So I'm curious from your own perspective, why do you think that's the case? Why do you think it continues to be this thing that's so widely discussed, but often one of the most misunderstood aspects of product marketers, uh, product marketing, excuse me, especially by people who they themselves aren't product marketers. Yeah, well, so, I mean, to touch on like why it's so widely discussed is it, it, go-to-market is truly like probably one of the two or three most important processes within any company, like innovation and shipping new things and introducing whether it's new products, campaigns, et cetera, like that is what drives the business forward. And so, you know, I think everybody wants their launch to like be, you know, the the original iPhone launch and they want it to just be this big, splashy, well-orchestrated machine that, you know, is, is wildly successful. And that's because like go to market has real material impacts, good or bad, you know, like if you are effectively building your go to market process, your launches drive revenue, like 25% of all new product introduction or 25% of all revenue is accounted for by, you know, new product introductions, like 80% of CMOs agree that like launches are make or break for long-term product success. Um, go to market ends up driving public perception around your company. Um, it's the best possible lever you have to shape positioning. Um, also, you know, if you get it wrong, you end up confusing customers because things just show up in demos and the sales or support team doesn't even know how to talk about them. And it just makes your company look bad. Um, and then there are also just really, really powerful company building moments. They're one of the few moments that like the whole company gets to rally around and you can really drive internal morale if you get them right. Um, but I think I think the the reason that it's like really misunderstood actually kind of has has sort of a couple of different parts to it. Um, you know, one is I think companies as a whole they just tend to be inherently like not great at strategy. Um, you know, a lot of people just confuse strategy and execution, and, and there's this huge gulf between ultra high level strat like quote unquote strategy that is disconnected from the actual steps that are needed to implement it. And so you just, or you just have the, the flip side, which is like companies job, you know, think of an executional plan as strategy. And so, you know, go to market inherently is both, you have to have strategy and you have to have execution and you have to understand how those two things interrelate. Um, and I think, you know, like exposure to how to really like do that stuff correctly is a lot more rare as a skill set than you might think. And, you know, I think product marketers are generally very good at that, but not all companies have understood product marketing well enough because of that lack of, you know, discipline in their companies to put them in the roles that they need to be in to actually like implement that and make it successful within the company. And so the companies just don't even know like all the possible levers available to them to build effective go-to-market. Um, there's also this just bias to execution that exists in, in all companies, which is good, but it kind of, you know, deludes them into thinking uh, that, you know, ready, fire, aim is a good way to actually hit a goal. <laughs> um, but I think like all of this really stems from the idea that like there is, it is such a broad topic. Like there are so many different disciplines within go to market that it's almost impossible for one person to communicate like what go to market really looks like 
in concise fashion. It's like a 101 course on go to market could take somebody years. Like it takes most product marketers many launches to really get their head around what good and bad go to market looks like. Um, and there's a lot of like misinformation out there, you know, and I, and I think thankfully product marketing Alliance has been doing a great job of starting to codify a lot of this and like build a knowledge base that is kind of much more digestible and understandable, at least for product marketers. So then they can hopefully go and commute and evangelize that internally. Um, and, you know, I think like the cross-functional teams, they just, there's a lack of visibility into the process for them. Um, and so nobody really knows or sees like what's actually going on under the surface. They don't really have an idea of all the work that like a product marketer is doing and all the information that is translating between all these different teams as a part of the go-to-market process. They kind of see just the slice that is relevant to them that they're involved in. And, you know, a lot of that is siloing of information within the organization. But, you know, I think the fragmentation of tools that you were talking about earlier contributes to this because there is no single source of truth where you can actually see if you want the whole end-to-end process and like what is really happening in order to drive this launch forward, you may see like a big long list of tasks, but you don't read it. And you don't really realize like all the different strategic thought that goes into those tasks. Um, And so, you know, a lot of people kind of only see the output and they don't see the inputs that feed into this. And so, you know, these cross-functional teams, it's like to hammer, like everything looks like a nail. And so it's hard for them to wrap their head around like how, this whole thing as a system fits together. Um, and they really just think about like, oh, well, you know, their part is the part that was important in go to market. So I, I think it's it's a whole bunch of things. It mostly boils down to it's just a big meaty topic that is hard to communicate internally. It's not like, you know, how do we build a sales process, which you just go very clearly, hey, there's like four steps and we're going to talk about this thing this way. And we're going to, you know, find our buyer and find our champion. And then we go out and sell to them and talk pricing. Um, you know, there's, there's a lot more that goes into it. <laughs> yeah. hundred percent. I, I think you, you kind of summarized all that so nicely and, and just, I can just to build on that too. I think one of the elements of that, that kind of makes it that much more difficult for a lot of people to wrap their heads around is that go to market can live at so many different levels within an organization as well. Like you talked about it as well, this idea of that go to market, it, you know, really needs to either inform or be part of the company's top level strategy, right? Like as a company, what is our go-to-market? And then you have underneath that different departmental or product line specific go-to-markets, right? Like, hey, we might be developing this solution for this specific audience that requires its own go-to-market that needs to be separate from this specific product line or this specific department or this specific ICP. And that needs to be different. And then you have feature or release specific go-to-markets that they themselves are obviously much smaller, but still need to ladder up and make sense to the layer above and then the topmost layer of the company strategy. So all those three reasons that you just gave, kind of multiply that by three because you're doing it almost three different times, several times throughout the year. Obviously, you would do your company and your kind of departmental go-to-market probably less often as you would a release depending on your, your product roadmap. But I think that has been one of, you know, again, in my own product marketing career, one of the biggest realizations, it's like, oh, the reason people don't understand this and even product marketers struggle to articulate it is because it's just, to your point, it's so big and it changes depending on where that strategy is being applied. 
uh, and yeah. to whom and when and how. And it's just so many moving parts that just make it that much harder. And I think for anybody listening, one of the biggest favors you can do your, for yourself, especially if you're starting your own product marketing team from scratch or the first product marketing hire is one of the, I think the earliest things you should try to accomplish, although there are probably many, is define for the broader org what your org's go-to-market is. Uh, maybe not necessarily the strategy itself, but like, hey, at this company, this is how we define a go-to-market, whether it's our top-level company, the departmental or product line, or a feature release, and, and try and make it as easy to understand, much like you said, with the sales process example. Like, it should be, as best you can, as easy to articulate as that um Obviously, maybe not as simple, but uh, it, it should be something that you should be able to get out there and make sure that everybody across the org understands, at least to the best of their ability and the best of your own ability as well. Yeah, total, I totally agree. And, and I think like, I mean, we talked a bunch about like the macro versus micro go to market, I think, in, in our last conversation. Um, and, you know, I, I think as a whole, it's the reason it's so big, like there's the old Peter Drucker quote that like companies have two functions, they have innovation and they have marketing. Um, you know, I think go to market is probably the only thing that actually spans both of those. And so like, when we think about our product, it's like, our product is going to end up being a full end to end, like product lifecycle management tool, where you can actually go from like product roadmapping all the way through to like sales and external customer communication. And it's because go to market does encompass both like company level strategy and then micro level, you know, individual launch strategy. And, and, you know, that's just a big gigantic topic. It's, it's, it's impossible to communicate that, uh, you know, in, in bite-sized fashion to, to anybody who doesn't actually already understand that that system exists and that these things are somewhat interrelated. Absolutely. So we'll try and kind of put a positive spin on this now. We spent the last couple of minutes talking about what makes go-to-market such this big, hairy thing that's hard for people to understand. Um, and we'll do this through the lens of some of the challenges that are born out of that um, complicated mess of, of a go-to-market. So I'm curious, what are some of the inherent challenges that you feel exist in developing and executing an effective go-to-market strategy? And again, to put the spot positive spin on it, how are you and your team building ignition in a way that you feel tackles those challenges head on? Yeah, so I think I think one of the biggest ones is um, sort of it's actually like almost a change management problem inside the company is like go to market inherently you are trying to shift the way that the people across the company are thinking strategically about the things that you're selling, um, the, even the way that they're operating, and that change management is hard to impact if you don't have really you know concrete data points to nud to to validate like why. You are why your recommendation here is correct, and I think product marketers are really good at like inferring a lot of that because they're talking to so talking to everybody across the organization. But you have to convince people, um, and in order to convince people, and also just to inform that you have the right strategy, um, you really need to have a lot of research. And I think it's really hard, and there's not enough use of research across most companies within the go-to-market process. And, and a lot of the reason for that is just like, oftentimes they're on short planning cycles because they get told too late that the thing is coming down the pipe. Um, and so they don't have time to really effectively weave research into their go-to-market process. Um, and so, you know, like one of the things that we're doing there is we are trying to, or the, re or the research exists, but it exists, you know, so separately from the actual planning process. And it's, you know, in some siloed tool that nobody knows where to find 
that it's not actually actionable. Um, and so, you know, one of the things that we're trying to do is like embed research into the go-to-market process directly and make it really super categorized and, and easy to access for anybody who's trying to understand not just like what's the strategy here, but like why is that the strategy? Um, the other big challenge is, is kind of the one that we talked about earlier, which is, you know, the differing information needs of stakeholders, both at like, you know, different altitudes, but then also like different bits and pieces of the plan. And so, you know, as we talked about earlier, like we've kind of modularized this whole plan and made it really easy to share stuff outwards in different, you know, configurations. Um, and we also have, you know, really purpose built dashboards within the product that help to communicate specifically the information that's important around go to market, whether that's, you know, at a, at a progress and, and kind of approvals level and like, how are we actually progressing towards, towards launch, but then post-launch actually isolating the launch and data related to that launch in order to be able to show you like real incrementality and justify the, the, the ROI of that launch. I think it's really, really challenging to get good go to market processes built in part because it's so hard to measure whether or not like a launch was effective. And so, you know, we're building like real measurement tools around that that are not just like looking at, you know, what's the open rate of the announcement email that we had and like, what's the click-through rate on that? And, you know, are people kind of adopting that, but actually being able to look at like things like revenue before and after a launch and how that shifted up or down so that it's much easier for you to, to define for cross-functional stakeholders why this is a thing that they should be paying attention to and that they should be investing energy into. Um, and then I think, you know, the, the, the last big problem that consistently comes up is just lack of repeatability. It's like every launch is pretty close to each other in terms of process. However, they are different. There are different characteristics of them. They may have different budgets. They have different objectives. They may, you know, one may be a product, one may be a feature. And so it's really hard to use kind of like this, the very static structures that a lot of companies try to build repeatability into this process with. So oftentimes they'll have like, you know, a template that they built in their project management system for what a launch looks like. And, you know, that's, that's fine, but it's really hard to adapt that to the different characteristics of different launches and say, Hey, well, like this launch has a slightly different objective and it's got a slightly different budget. So we probably need a different set of announcement channels than we would. Otherwise it's not just like a generic, you know, tier one launch. And so we've built our, our product again with these like kind of dynamic template recommendations within it where we can adapt the template to those different characteristics really easily um, and you know have kind of automated workflows that then cascade out the asset plan and the project plan from that. Um, so I, I think like it really boils down to like not enough research, um, you know, differing information needs of stakeholders and all the different alignment work that's involved. Um, and then, you know, just lack of repeatability in that process. Yeah, I couldn't agree with you more. There's so many good takeaways, I think, in what you just said. And there's two that I kind of want to just dive a little bit deeper into and kind of highlight for our listeners. Uh, the first one being the research element. Uh, you know, one of the, I think, biggest takeaways that I've had in my own career again so far is, again, much like a go-to-market, research is this big topic that gets thrown around casually. And research in and of itself can take many different forms. It could be surveys you send up to customers. It could be phone calls. It could just be casual conversations. It could be intel from the field that your sales team is gathering. It could be uh, research on 
product usage and insights from your customer base. Um, so there, those are just some of many different types of research. So for anybody listening, um, one piece uh, or resource that I have found super helpful in how I think about research within my own uh, role is a book um, called Just Enough Research by Erica Hall. Um, it's a really short read, but it really does provide I think it's written intentionally with product people in mind, which makes sense of why it's so helpful for a product marketing manager uh, or product marketers in general. Um, so I recommend anyone who's listening to, to pick that up because I think it provides a lot of good guidance on what good research looks like, the different forms research can take, um, and kind of makes does it in a very approachable way um, without feeling like you need to be a, a UX researcher um, with years of experience to kind of tackle your first research project. So I just wanted to highlight that because I agree research is such an critical part to the go-to-market process that often gets not necessarily overlooked, but because it's sometimes owned by different teams, whether that's, again, UX research as part of product, or is this this thing that people feel like we can solve for with surveys and, and phone calls? Um, it, it needs to be a very focused um, and, and dedicated um, part of either product marketing or the broader org. And I think that book, Just Enough Research, um, I think really highlights that and, and provides a, a framework on how to do that. And then the other piece I wanted to just quickly highlight on was the this element of this lack of repeatability. And as you were giving your answer, you talked about the prioritization framework. Like this is a, a tier one launch, this is a tier two. And I know even in my career, we've had moments where um, we use, I think, the standard framework. I don't know the exact details. It's escaping me right now, but it's, you know, P1, P2, P3, P4. And like, you know, P4 is like a, oh, everybody has this feature. This is a me too feature. P1 is a, this is net new for the market. And I think that's a good part of a prioritization um, element or, or framework rather to, to keep in mind. But as you said, like, I think there's so many more elements of prioritization that you have to factor in that that framework kind of misses. Um, things like impact to revenue, impact on other key metrics like retention, referrals. Um, what about quality of life for your customer? Like, is this release or this new product or service really going to revolutionize um, the way that they engage with your product today or, or make their lives easier? Um, so I think Again, one of the, the benefits of, of a tool like Ignition is it allows you to kind of create a framework or a process and, and make it very repeatable without always falling into the trap of every launch being a tier two launch or a tier three launch, because that's just how you know the, the product team is focusing on for the time. So yeah, just wanted to, to highlight those two things because I think there's some important takeaways and, and I think that you hit the nail on the head there. Yeah, 100%. <laughs> awesome. So uh, again, we'll, we'll kind of take a peek behind the curtain here about how Ignition operates through the context of Ignition's own go-to-market. I'm curious, how has it changed and evolved over time? And what lessons can you share with listeners who find themselves in the midst of developing or executing their own go-to-market? Yeah, I think, I think it's been really interesting. Um, so I, probably the biggest shift is that we've actually had a, had a shift in audience. So, you know, I, I think we've always been really laser focused on building for product marketers. Um, but I think, you know, our initial thesis was the right entry point. And this was based on, I mean, we did hundreds of, of user interviews before we ever, you know, wrote a line of code here. Um, so it was based on real research. But, um, you know, our initial thesis was, you know, we're going to build for companies that are kind of in the like 50 to, to 250 to 300 person range, because that's sort of the, the period in which product marketing is initially being hired. It's when the go-to-market process is first getting built out. And we thought that would be an easier entry point because we basically like wouldn't have to rip and replace, you know, any existing process or like fit into some kind of like hack together process that already exists. Um, and I think what we realized was that audience actually wasn't perfect for us. Like they, they, 
the, and the big challenge was, you know, the lack of understanding within those companies of product marketing and the lack of understanding of how kind of go to market really worked because they hadn't been through a lot of like painful launches yet. Um, and I think that's a, that's a period in time where product marketing, like their big focus is almost just like justifying their existence at the company and like really establishing themselves before they can even start thinking about like process and tooling. Um, and so we've actually gotten pulled into like two different segments now where we are really looking at, you know, first kind of like the enterprise-ish companies that are north of, you know, 500 or so employees. And those companies are real, they really, really painfully feel the stakeholder alignment problem and all the communication burden that exists in this process. And they, they are at a point where the companies understand and value you know the the product marketing function enough that they are able to dedicate budget to it and they're able to like really make true kind of product marketing led tooling decisions um and then at the other side of the spectrum we got really pulled into a very down market audience which is you know like these zero to ten person companies where it, they don't have a product marketer and they have like a product manager who's running the, the launch process, or maybe it's the founder. Um, and they just really don't know what they're doing. And, you know, so they are looking for uh, help in, you know, effectively structuring their go-to-market uh, when they don't have a person on board to just like lob it over the fence at and let them figure it out. Um, and, and so, you know, we've kind of seen this big shift in audience and, it, you know, changing that was, was really effective in shifting like the, the level of traction that we were getting. So I think, you know, the, the big takeaways for, for the audience is, you know, first of all, like do your research. I mean, we did our research, but then the, the second uh, lesson is don't don't be dogmatic about your takeaways from research alone. Like you do actually then need to be willing to be agile and adapt your go to market to, you know, once the product actually hits that initial audience that you think is the right audience and, you know, be willing to, to kind of make changes based on learnings and make sure that you have mechanisms in place to collect those inputs after it hits the market so that you can go make informed decisions about shifting, you know, who your audience is. Um, and then I think the, uh, there, there's been a couple like, you know, more kind of tactical uh, changes as well. Like we also have really placed a lot more emphasis now on converting cross-functional teams alongside the product marketers, because we basically learned that, you know, initially like our product is designed so that a product marketing team can use the product without ever having any other stakeholders involved. Like they can use it and they can push information outwards. We integrate with the tools that those other teams live in. So it's really easy to pull in or push out information. We also you know, push our communications through email, Slack, et cetera. So that you, it goes to where those people live. But I think you know what we've discovered is product marketers inherently, they want to have their cross-functional stakeholders conceptually bought into the tool before they actually are ready to, you know, even invest their own kind of time and energy in, in getting, you know, onboarded to it. So uh, the buyer journey has just become a little bit more complex. And so, you know, I think the big learning is just make sure that, you know, when you are thinking about your audience, you're not just thinking about their personal pain points, but you're also thinking about the full buyer journey and who actually has, you know, the is going to be the person signing off on budget, who are the other stakeholders who are going to be potential, you know, blockers to a purchase based on their own, like just 
not necessarily budgetary control, but their own personal uh, personal pain points and how that interrelates with the problems that you're solving. Um, and then I think the, the last big change is like we originally started out and we were fully freemium where, you know, you could use our product for your first couple of launches. Um, and we've actually shifted to, to a trial structure. And in many cases, we're actually um, having folks pay us before they even start the trial. Um, and the big learning was, you know, I think, you know, early, early days when a product is brand new, um, starting with freemium is really challenging uh, in part because there's no mechanism or lever to use to uh, push people to, you know, deeply engage quickly enough to get them to an aha moment in the period of time that, you know, they're still thinking about your product. And so, you know, we, we basically, by adding, you know, a 14 day free trial instead of a full freemium model, there's a there's time pressure. So people now jump in and they, they engage with the product much more heavily in the first few days, which gets them to the moment where they're like, oh my God, this product is amazing. And I really want to continue investing time, energy, money, et cetera, into using this thing. Um, and then, you know, if you get them to pay up front, that's even better because then they have real skin in the game and, you know, they're like, okay, well, I paid for this thing. So I need to figure out how to use it. I need to figure out, you know, if it fits my, my workflow and they just invest a lot more time. So a bunch of stuff has changed and, you know, I'm sure more will change over the next, uh, you know, six to 12 months, but um, it's a uh, go-to-market's an always evolving process. Yeah. And that's what I was hoping you were getting at. Um, Cause I think you, even just now you, those three takeaways, I think are super powerful for listeners to, to walk away with. But I think as you kind of just ended there, the fact that a go-to-market is and should evolve over time, especially when you're thinking about before you're in market and after you're in market. Uh, and with that in mind, I kind of want to ask you a follow-up question. Do you think if you had given yourself more time between, you know, when you decided to launch to everything before that, um, that you would have come to those realizations as well? Or do you think having ignition in market and getting some of that, you know, in market observations um, are what drove you to those takeaways and those changes? Um, and and have, had you not done that, would you ever been able to come to those um, realizations? I think it's a really good question. Um, and I, I go back and forth on this, honestly. Like, I, I think um, I, I personally believe that we launched at the right time and being in market, uh, we probably we would have gotten some learnings, but it wouldn't have been quite at the level um, of depth at which we got those learnings by having real people trying to use it and like us like actively trying to convert people um, with a product that, you know, func truly like for, you know, six to eight months was was pretty broken. It didn't quite do everything that we thought that we, you know, wanted it to do and, you know, was like relatively feature light. So I think we learned a ton. Um, I think we would have ended up building a different product, like had we waited longer because we wouldn't, we would have kept going down, um, you know, one or two paths in that, that, you know, we're not probably wouldn't have been the most productive. Like, you know, I think we ended up discovering like, oh, okay, so like this path, and, you know, at the time we were building a lot, uh, we were emphasizing, spending a lot of time on a lot of the like workflows for making, you know, strategic recommendations embedded in the product. And, you know, I think we would have kept doing that and refining those and made them even better. But um, what we really discovered was like, oh, no, we also need to be investing in some of these tools that add value for the cross-functional stakeholders because these people like these product marketers that we're selling to many times, you know, they loved the product, but they were like, oh, but I can't quite like get my other teams to, to buy into this yet because 
they're not quite understanding like why this thing is is better or different from you know whatever tool I'm using today. And so that pushed us into building, you know, like for example, the research tools, which then immediately communicate to people, okay, this is this has like embedded research vertically integrated in this planning process. This is definitely a different tool than you know whatever we're using right now. So I think um, you know I'm a believer in launch earlier. Um, I think if I were you know walking it back and redoing it, I probably would have you know pushed out our our closed beta launch by you know a month or two just because we did kind of plant a flag in the ground and be rushing to that launch date and the product wasn't quite you know stable at the point that we shipped it. Um, and had it had it been, I think you know a lot more of that that initial batch of closed beta folks would have, um, you know, had a better experience and, and retained. Um, but I think other than that, you know, I think ship earlier and accept the fact that like, you're going to have a leaky bucket when you first ship. Um, I think it, I think you're going to learn a lot more faster. And, and this, you know, mostly applies to like launching stuff in early startup stage. I think once you're, you know, a more mature company, I do, I am a believer in like, get things pretty buttoned up before you actually go and do, you know, any kind of larger launch, but early days, you know, and this applies to like launching products within startups too. Um, I think the learnings that you get in market are just way more valuable. Yeah. And it's for that reason that I don't envy any, you know, CEO, founder, you know, VP product, um, or anybody who has to make that launch or no launch decision. Cause like you said, it's a tough needle to thread. Um, but yeah, I, I kind of agree with you. I think, um, getting that in-market insights and, and observations and customers actually using your product are, are so incredibly valuable. And like you said, you can kind of wait and wait and wait and forever until you feel like you finally got it right. And then you launch and you're like, oh crap, we actually spent the last six months going the completely opposite direction. And had to be just gotten in the hands of customers six months ago, we would have avoided this whole scenario altogether. So I agree with hundred percent with you there. And it is, like you said, a very challenging decision to make. And I think Again, one of the benefits of, of a tool like Ignition and, and just really like the product marketing function in general is that y- you kind of need to bring that product marketing perspective to those cross-functional teams or to those leaders who are making that launch or no launch decision. Um, and having, you know, like you talked about before, the research or the, the data points are kind of more than just an intuition or a hunch as to when it's the right time to launch. Um, it is so critical to, to making the right call or at least making the best call possible because it's very hard uh, without the, the benefit of hindsight to know whether or not it's the right time. Yeah, it, I mean, it really is. And I think, you know, it's easy for companies to let perfect be the enemy of good. Um, and I, I think as long as it's good enough for you to learn things from, it's probably ready to launch. For sure. All righty. Uh, I got another question here for you. My second to last one. Uh, in speaking with customers, you know, who themselves are mostly product marketers, are there any elements of a go-to-market that you yourself, you know, a former product marketer, that had you had yet to consider or that were were new to you? Um, are you seeing any customers approach go-to-market in a way that you hadn't previously considered? And how has it impacted your approach to ignition? Yeah, I mean, I think um, I haven't been super surprised by, you know, the, the go-to-market approaches that I've seen. Um, I, I think actually the biggest, and part of that's just, you know, I've, I've done this across pretty big range of companies and industries um, and types of launches. So, you know, I've kind of like seen most of it. Um, but I think the biggest thing that shocked me actually is how much product marketers, you know, like don't 
from an org structure perspective, like don't really think of themselves as part of, you know, quote unquote marketing, you know, that when, when we talk to people, oftentimes, you know, they're talking about like tools that are used and they're like, well, we use, you know, a spreadsheet and the marketing team uses Asana. And, you know, it's, it's, uh, it's really, that has been really interesting to me, but it's also like the product marketing teams rarely think of themselves as part of the product team either. Like they really do truly think of themselves as this kind of floating separate org in the middle, which I think is rarely actually the way that they're, they're, the teams are structured themselves. They are either sitting on the product team or on the marketing team. Um, and I think that has like interesting long-term implications for product marketing. I think, you know, product marketing is, is going to probably over time evolve, my, my, I hope, to a role where it does have like a seat at the, at the C-suite um, and, you know, in, in executive conversations and it is viewed as, you know, its own critical strategic function. Um, but it, it's been funny to me because I always think of product marketing as, as sort of like the equivalent of the, the product manager of the go-to-market org where you have, you know, on the product side of things, you have the PM sitting at the middle of like design CX and, uh, or design uh, UX research and engineering. And then, you know, on the, on the go-to-market side of things, you have the product marketer sitting at the center of, you know, marketing and growth, uh, customer experience, sales, and, uh, and all those teams. And, you know, it's been funny to me, like, actually hearing product marketers really, like, not necessarily describe themselves as, like, part of that broader marketing team. Yeah, that is interesting. And I, and I think you're right. I think over time as this generation of product marketers um, and future product marketers become more experienced and more senior and it, product marketing becomes more of a thing at organizations, I think you're, you're right. Like they eventually will evolve to the seat, um, having a seat at the C-suite. And I, I, I agree with you. I think they should. Um, I think that just takes time. And again, like product marketing, be able to, to kind of show why that's needed um, through results and through impact um, and also just like building strategic relationships with those stakeholders. Because um, yeah, I, I think depending on who you talk to, product marketing either lives as part of product or marketing, but rarely have I seen it live as its own department. Mm-hmm. Um, but I think, yeah, I, I think you're right. I, I think, and I, I hope that will change because I'm sure there are a lot of aspiring or even product marketers today who really could and should have a seat at those tables because of the perspectives and the relationships that they can bring to the table um, and how they can, again, continue to be the glue of, of all those different teams that you just referenced, right? Like if, if at the, if at the ground level, they're acting as kind of the quarterback of not necessarily those teams specifically, um, or directly rather, but, you know, kind of indirectly being the person behind the string, uh, behind the scenes, pulling this, the, the strings, why shouldn't they be doing the same thing at the executive level, right? That same level of value, I think could be added, if not even more. Yeah, absolutely. Awesome. Well, like I said, that was my second to last question. So that brings us to, of course, my final one. Uh, and obviously it would make sense for me to ask you, you know, if you could be a product marketer at any company or org, what would you choose and why? I mean, you, you founded your own company, so I would hope that would be your answer. So uh, instead, I'm going to ask you a slightly different question. Uh, and that's if you and I were chatting uh, a, a year from now, uh, again, for a third time, and I hope you can, um, what would you hope to be able to say about the progress or milestones Ignition has achieved over that year? Yeah, totally. Well, so, I mean, first of all, uh, if product marketers are trying to pick the company that they would like to end up at, um, uh, we are hiring. <laughs> and uh, we're actually looking for our first product marketer uh, at Ignition. And I think, you know, Ignition is, uh, 
is probably, I would hope, would be one of the best possible places for a product marketer to go, in part because you are going to have the most possible executive support that you can get at any company, uh, because we are a company for product marketers by product marketers. Um, but, you know, I, I think in terms of milestones, like where we're going to be a year from now, like, I, I mean, obviously a year is, like I said at the beginning of this, you know, it's a lifetime in startup years. So um, it could be any number of different places. But, you know, I, I'd hope that at that point, you know, we're, we're north of a few million in ARR, you know, we've raised a new round of funding, you know, everybody in Product Marketing Alliance and everybody listening to this podcast is, is kind of shouting from the rooftops how much they love Ignition. And, you know, hopefully all those folks are telling all their product marketing friends that no product marketer should be doing their job without it. And, you know, I think we want to be the definitive platform for product marketing teams. And, you know, I, I think, uh, it feels like that opportunity is there for us and, you know, hopefully we can, we can go out and capitalize on it. Yeah. And you know, again, from everything that I've seen from ignition so far and in conversations I've had with you, I don't see why all of those things can't be accomplished in the next year. So I, I know, I know I have faith that those things will come true and I'm sure you do as well. And I'm sure everyone listening um, based on what we've talked about so far probably feels the same way. So uh, again, I think, there's definitely an opportunity for you to become my first repeat guest. And maybe we can check in again uh, any year from now on the show and see how many of those milestones you're able to achieve, uh, if not even more than the ones you just mentioned. Um, but yeah, it's exciting. And again, I, I think you have such a unique perspective as a former product marketer turned, you know, co-founder and now CEO of your own company um, that you can share with, with product marketers, either looking to make the same transition themselves or just looking to understand what it takes to kind of have like a, a founder's mindset as a, as a product marketer um, and things to avoid and things to pursue and what tools to use, obviously Ignition being the primary one. Um, so yeah, for anybody listening, um, if they would like to have conversations with you, either about the opportunity at Ignition as the first, you know, marketing slash product marketing hire, or just understand what Ignition has to offer, or just kind of pick your brain about all things product marketing and go to market, what would be the best place for them to do that? Yeah, totally. So, I mean, I'm, I'm on LinkedIn, obviously, but, uh, you know, if, if you're one on the count with Ignition, um, our website is haveignition.com. Um, a whole bunch more information about the product there. And I love hearing directly from people. So, you know, please reach out. My email is Derek at haveignition.com. And, uh, you know, I'm always, uh, always happy to hear from fellow product marketers. And, you know, even if it's not, uh, even if it's not related to buying Ignition, I would love to, you know, help folks out and, you know, give advice wherever I can. Yeah. And again, in my interactions with you, I know that you're always open to getting different perspectives from product marketers. And, you know, I've actually seen, unlike a lot of companies who say that they like to talk to customers and then act on it, you're one of the, one of uh, the companies that actually does that. So if anybody has, you know, some pain points that they want to share uh, with Derek and the team at Ignition that they feel aren't currently being addressed or could be with a tool like Ignition, definitely reach out to him. Uh, if you're interested in joining, like you said, a team um, like Ignition that couldn't be any more supportive of having your product marketer on board, definitely reach out to, to Derek that way. Um, but yeah, I'll just close by saying that this has been great, Derek, as always. I, you know, Like I said earlier, you and I have continued to chat over the past year. Always great chatting with you. And I definitely want to explore having you back on again as my first repeat guest next year to see uh, how far along uh, you've been able to take Ignition uh, with the support of your team. Yeah, I'm super excited. I, that, that's that's my real milestone goal is get, become the first three-peat guest on this. <laughs> oh, you're too kind. You're too kind. I, I can't for a second believe that to be true, but I will, I will take it regardless. Awesome, Derek. Well, this has been great. You and I will continue to stay in touch as we always do. Um, and I'm sure you will get uh, quite a few uh, um, messages from, again, either people looking to join the team or just to learn more about Ignition. So I wish you and the team all the best of luck. And again, yeah, super looking forward to having you on the show again a year from now. Yeah, thanks again, Mark. Super fun.
Awesome. Take care, Derek. All right. Take care. For everyone still tuned in, thanks so much for listening. And if you enjoyed the podcast, please help us spread the word to other product marketers. Before we leave you to get on with your day, if you want to get involved, here are a few ways you can. If you're a product marketer and you want to come on the show and speak about your day, a specific topic or your role in general, that's one option. If you want to flex your podcast hosting skills, being a guest host is another. And finally, if you or your company want to sponsor an episode, there's a third. Thanks again and have a great morning, afternoon or evening, wherever you are.